Good morning, everybody. Today, Be'ezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Mem Aleph in Maseches Ksubos, the last Daf in Elunaros. And so, as we say, Shas Katan, Ksubos is Shas Katan. Elunaros is like Ksubos Katan. We have a little Bavakama for your Shas enjoyment as follows. The Mishnah says at the top of Mem Aleph Amid Aleph, Omer PTC as Bito Shalploni. So we have an interesting case. An individual admits, okay, he volunteers the information that he seduced someone's daughter. Okay, why do we need to have that specific case? Let's see. The Mishnah says, Mishalem Bo Mishalem Knas. As we've discussed, there is, this is true of Ones or Mefateh, as the Torah says, right, and as we've already described, you're going to have to pay for the damages. It's an assault, right, guys? It's an assault of a specific type. So for the specific type, as we mentioned yesterday, the fact that it's an onus or mefata, for the fact that it's that kind of crime, so for that you're going to pay a knas. And as we've already discussed, the knas will be chamishim kesef. Regardless of whether it's a princess, right, or a pauper, you're going to be paying that chamishim knas for the violation of that girl. So we've already said, and the mission is going to highlight this now, and this is what we're going to talk about the Gemara. The knas portion does not change. And that means that it is uh, something that is almost like a penalty or a kapara, as we'll discuss, okay? And what does that mean? Well, we have a principle. Let's look at Rashi here. Mishalim boshes upagam be'enu mishalim knas. E'enu mishalim knas, says Rashi, be'bava kama. See, I wasn't kidding. I was learning, this is a bava kama sugya. Nafkalan moide be'knas pater. A famous idea that when a person volunteers the information, that's why that's the case in our Mishnah. When a person admits, and he's vol- the one that's volunteering the information that would lead to the payment of the knas, he's potter from that knas. That's from that fine. Where do we learn it? We learn it from a pasuk. In other words, it's only if the Bezdin catches you, right, that you have to pay the knas. But if you're Mashiach, but if you're the one that volunteers the information, the knas you do not have to pay. So as we've said, when it comes to onus and mefata, there is a knas, and so if you're the one that's admitting to that knas, you don't have to pay it. However, the boshes of Pagam, as the Mishnah outlines, that's not knas, that's restitution, right? That is compensation for damages by assault. Damages, the principle is, if you admit that you did the damage, I, I was the one that smashed into your car, well, you have to pay for smashing the car. You don't get out of paying for it just because you're the one that admitted that you did it, okay? So that's how we get with this idea. So it's a fascinating idea because as we've said, the crime of onus and mefateh has two components. It's an assault and it's also onus and mefateh. So for the onus and mefateh, you're not gonna pay the 50 shekel kanas, but for the boshe sufgam, you are gonna pay based on self-admission, fine. So that's case of onus and mefateh. Now dig, digging deeper into Bavokama. Omer Ganavdi. Okay, so similarly, we're going to have a case. What happens when a person steals? Well, if a person steals, so let's say he steals uh, and then he's Tavachumachar, right? He does something that has a knas, as we've said, when a person, right, is going to start cutting it up and selling it, he's going to have to pay Tashlume Kefel and Tashlume Arbavachamisha. That's a knas. As the Mishnah will say, how do you, how can you tell when it's a knas? So we've already alluded to this. If the value doesn't change depending on the circumstance, so then, or the value of anything, 
meaning the amount, if the amount that you pay doesn't change, uh, then that's a knas, right? Because it's an indication that it's a flat fine as opposed to a restitution based on value. So, so we know that the tashlume, kefon tashlume arba v'chamisha, it's interesting because it is a multiple of the value, that's true, but the fact that it's four and five is an indication that it's a knas. And therefore, if a person says ganafti, and obviously in this case, right, he's going to have to also uh, have to have to have done tavicha mechir. Mishal mesakaren al pi So anything that you stole, you're going to have to pay back. But if there is a component of tavachumachar that would incur a tashlume, a knas of dalad vehei, says the Mishnah, So that is case number two of where you're paying the restitution, but you're not going to be paying the knas. Next case. Hamis shorius ploni. Oshorisho ploni. Hareze mishalem alpi atzmo. Okay. What's this? So Rashi explains. Vareni chayev bekoifer. There is a machlokas with regards to a person's ox kills, right? You have to pay. There is a machlokas. Hareza Mishalma Piatmo says Rashi, the last wide line on top of here, Kasavar Kufra Mamona. It's a famous Machlokas, Kufra Kapara, or Kufra Mamona. There is a Knas. Why it's called Kufra or Kofer is a discussion in its own right. But we could see how Knas has an element of Kapara, right? Why do you pay a fine? If not for some element of what we would call Kapara, right? You want to, right? We're making, we're, it's a punishment. And that, in that punishment, there is a certain amount of, right, uh, right, you're, you're, you're sort of restoring, uh, yourself in that sense, right? So, kufra, but what is that kufra, that knas? Is that a kapara or is it a mamon? Kapara is another way of saying knas in the case. It's not exactly knas, but it's basically for our purposes knas. So again, so you, you agree that your ox killed. So what are you paying? Mishalem alpi atzmo. So that apparently you do pay. So as we explained, Rashi says, so that is according to the Shita that you pay the 30 shekel and that is mamona. That is some sort of restitution. However, uh, uh, that's not the 30 shekel knas, rather. That is when, when you kill, that, that is restitution. The kufra that you pay, whether it's mamon or, or kapar is machlokas, as we said, if you hold that it's mamon, then you're going to pay it. However, hemi shori avdo shoploni. Okay, when an ox kills an Evid Kenani, that's the 30 shekel that we talked about. Ein Mishalem Alpi Atzmo. So that's what you're not going to have to pay. Alpi Atzmo. That is the 30 shekel payment that we were talking about before. And the Mishnah had, and we already learned yesterday, in yesterday's daf, that that 30 shekel is going to apply regardless of whether that Evid Kenani was a diamond in the, a diamond in the rough or whether the Evid Kenani was a spinning uh, Taylor, right? Regardless of whether he's worth $2 million a year to you or minimum wage, the, right, knas, it, it says it straight on the Torah, say for Shmos, the knas for a shore killing an Evid, Kanani is 30 shekel, and that doesn't change. That's, that's the case where it's clearly knas because it doesn't change. And therefore, if you admit, right, if one by self-admission says that his Right, sure, killed someone else that had a he will not have to pay that knas. As the Mishnah concludes, Zeha Klal, the general rule, Kol HaMishalem Yoser Al Mashihizik, 
The rule is if you pay more than what you damaged, you're not going to have to pay based on self-admission. The Gemara will discuss this formulation. In other words, it, only if it's more, what if it's less, right? After all, if your ox, let's say, gores uh, a, right, an, an Evid Kanani that was worth $8 million a month, so then you're not paying more, you're paying a lot less than the damages. So that's what the Gemara ends up discussing. Basically, where it correlates, that that's what it really means in the Mishnah here, that when your payment correlates to the value of what you damaged, so that is compensation, and that you would have to pay by self-admission. But anything where there's no correlation between how much you have to pay and how much you damage, so that's an indication that it's a kanas, and that you would not have to pay based on self-admission. All right, ready for the Gemara, guys? Here we go. Says the Gemara. Belisni anasti. The first thing the Gemara wants to know is why is the Mishnah using only the case of seduction? Why is it not using the case of onus? Because after all, we know that the same should apply by onus as well, right? Uh, certain, there are differences, as we outlined in yesterday's Gemara, between onus and mifate, but both of them do have the element of boshus bagam, and they also have the element of knas, as we've said, right? The only difference might be tsar and the other differences outlined. But with respect to the payment, they both have the, the boshus bagam and the knas. So why are we learning only mifate, right? We have a very specific case, and you're telling it bita shalplani. So why are we learning specifically that case? Says the Gemara, lomi bai kamar that it's true. That it would apply to mefate and meanes, but once we learn mefate, we can assume that's what lomi bai means. Once you learn mefate, that's the bigger chiddush, and you can assume that the same would apply to meanes as well. How so? Because if he says lomi bai anasti, you don't have to learn the case of onus. De lo kapagimla, because with onus he doesn't, he doesn't what? He doesn't damage her. What is pagim here? Well, pagim here is the pagam of discrediting the girl. So what do you mean? You don't, you don't cause a pagam to a girl that you rape? Of course one does so. No, what it's saying is as follows. What about the reputation of the girl? So if the girl was Rahman al-Atzlan, right, violated by Ones, so that girl, it was not her fault. She had no say in the matter, clearly. And therefore, it had nothing to do with her. It could have happened, God forbid, to anybody. Okay. So that does not damage her reputation. However, if the girl was seduced, well, if a girl is open to seduction, that can damage her reputation. That can have a black mark effect on the entire family. So that's the Chiddush, says the Gemara, as follows. In other words, in the case of Anasti, the Loka Pagimla, where we see that it doesn't at least affect her reputation, it's just everybody knows that it was a terrible thing, a tragedy that happened. Well, there, the Mishalom Boshes Gamal Piatzmo, Right? And still, he pays Pagoshas of Bagam uh, based on his own admission, right? Even though it doesn't seriously discredit her. Aval Patisi, Deka Pagimla, but therefore you would say that certainly in a case of, right, seduction of Mephate, where clearly this is now going to be something that the whole family has to deal with, right, the, the repercussions of her reputation, So you would think there, that he's not going to be Mishalim al Piatsmo. Why? So the Chiddush is not with regards to the Knas. That's what's conf- potentially confusing. Right? It, it, the Chiddush here is not with the Knas. The Chiddush here is that we allow him to pay the restitution by Mefate. Why do we allow him to pay the restitution? Why is that a Chiddush? Because this guy's going around smearing the girl's reputation. That's Lashon Hara. And so are we allowed to believe that Lashon Hara? He says, guess what? 
yeah, we were boyfriend and girlfriend and, sh- and it was totally consensual. Well, what gives us the right to believe him? That's Lashon Hara about the girl and her whole family. And yet we see that we make him pay. Restitution. The fact that we make him pay restitution, mind you, we don't make him pay the knas because it's self-admission. But the very fact that we make him pay restitution is an indication that we believe him. Otherwise, why would we make him pay the restitution? And so that's the, that's the chiddush. And it's a bigger chiddush by Mifata than it is by Onus. Kamash Malan. And therefore, the Mishnah is actually teaching us that even for Mifata, every, we are going to make him pay at least the, right, the, uh, the Boshas of Begam, and therefore, right, because you might say, well, the flip side is it's more embarrassing. It's more of a Begam. So of course we make him pay, right? Because after all, she really is suffering now. The whole family is going to suffer from this, from this humiliation. Okay. But the Chiddush is we believe him and thus we make him pay. And perhaps, in fact, the payment would be greater than it would be by onus. That could be true. But not everybody holds of this as follows. Masnis and Doki Ha'itana. The Tanya, there's a Brisa that's not like that, that our, this aspect of our Mishnah, because it says, Wow. And not only do we not pay the Knas, because that's self-admission, and we know that Amoyedu B'Knas Pater, but also in this case of Boshas Begam of the Mephate, you're not going to pay even the restitution. Why? Because we don't believe him. Lush and horror, we can't believe you that this was that she was consenting to your seduction. Wow. Now again, I don't know what would be the case, let's say, if he was Me'anasar and he says he was Mefata, so then she doesn't get anything? That that's uh, that's an interesting question. But be that as it may, Amalai Rafapa Abaya, Rafapa asked Abaya, Nihala Ledida. My fascinating question. The girl comes out and she says, Hey, I don't mind the rumor. Just give me the money. You know what? Pay up. She doesn't want to get. She doesn't want him to get away with not having to pay. What would we do? Would we then believe her, and would we let him pay? So fascinating halacha here. It says the Gemara. The Gemara is going to end up saying that <clears throat> this is like this was the policy, not how not how our mission of Paskins, but if you hold right that we don't believe him, right? If you're within that worldview. So then the policy is we're never going to get the, the, we're never going to get to pay the Boshas of Begam. The guy is never going to be allowed to do so because in so doing, he's going to be besmirching the family. So you say, well, the girl doesn't care about being besmirched. Well, the Gemara says the father cares. So the Gemara says, what if the father and the daughter claim that they don't care? So the Gemara, well, you know, the father might not care, but maybe the other members, maybe the mother cares, maybe other members of the family cares. So Gemara says, No, the whole family comes out, the Finkelheimers, I don't know any Finkelheimers, that's the only reason they use that case, and they say, we'll take the money, it's fine. Everybody knows, about, well, that would be a different question. I was going to say like this, this of course is providing the secret is out, right? Meaning, if everybody knew it already, Meaning, if everybody knew it already, so then, of course, you should probably go for the money at that point, because you, then you have the bad reputation, you may as well get the money. But at the secret, you know, you're protecting this, you know, family um, reputation, and you'd rather not, right, besmirch the shidduch prospects for the uncles. You know how the, sh- you know how the shidduch scene is, Barry, right? Uh, you, it could be one bad apple in the family, and then, and then, you know, nobody's, I mean, the shidduch resume is sitting on this guy's desk, 
are piled high, like three piles in front of his desk to the ceiling. So if one has a distant second cousin that had a bad reputation, why does he want the, that besmirched name anywhere near his family tree? So they're protecting that. They're protecting that. So that's what the Gemara ends up saying. That even if it's good for the nuclear family, it's impossible that you're not going to have somebody somewhere in this distantly related with this family that shares the name Finkelheimer, even if they're not even related, that's, they're going to be upset. I mean, how common is the name Finkelheimer? So somebody in Belgium with the name Finkelheimer, they don't want to be associated with it, they're going to be upset, and you wouldn't even know about it. So to protect that, the policy was, once we're covering this up, we're not letting him pay Boshas Upagam. Fascinating. Okay, so now we're at the two dots in the middle of the page of Memal of Femidalf, and we're going to get into Baba Kama, Andrew. Your dream come true. Okay. So he says that he stole. He pays the Karen, but he's right, which is the principal, the restitution, but he's not going to pay, right, the Knaz. Says the Gemar. Itmar. Palka Niska. Oh. The famous case of the short time. You know, when it's Shormua and Gores, then you have to pay Nezek Shalem. This is full on, right, first parak of Avakama. When a short time Gores, right, the amateur shore. That, that, that's not gored before. He only has to pay what's called palganiska. Only half. Well, that's an interesting thing. Only half of what? The injury, let's say. Half the damages. Right? Arba avos nazikin. Right? Karen, do you remember the regal and the, you know, you remember the Shane, the different uh, arba avos nazikin? Well, the fact of the matter is that goring is Karen, but not for the reason you think. You have to really learn Babakama to understand these four categories of nazikin. But the point is that if it's something that you could not have expected, such as the goring of an otherwise tame ox, notice how tom and tame actually sound similar. The goring of the tame ox is going to be an unexpected uh, kind of goring, mishuned, unusual, and therefore you only pay chatzinezek, okay? So, is that chatzinezek, when you're paying a half a nezek, do you, would you consider that restitution, or would you consider that a knas? Would you say that the glass is half empty, and really, you're not supposed to pay anything, but you pay a half. You you pay a half because you feel bad that that it happened as a knas, or you say the glass is half full. That really, uh, I don't know which one is half empty, half full. But the point is that really you should have paid full, but because you really it was an unexpected event and you can't watch all your shores, that we're letting you get away with only paying half, but it's really a portion of the restitution. After all, it is actually a portion of the actual damages. It's half of the actual damages. So is this a is this a knas over the obligation to not pay at all, or is it, in fact, half of an actual restitution? And the difference would be if you're moded to it. So let's see. Rav Papa Amar Palgan Iska Mamona, right? So if Papa holds that Chatzinezekin is, is really just half of a full payment, they really are high of a fully, and you're just paying half of it, but therefore it would be Mamon, right? Nafkamina, as we know, would be if you admit that, that you're, that you're the one that did the, that your shore was the one that did the damage, Right, so then you're not, you're going to still have to pay that. And that's restitution. However, Ravuna Bereder of Shuamar Palka Niska Knasa that Chatzinezek is an ex, really an expression of Knas. Really, you don't have to pay anything, and this this half of Nezek is an is a right application of this idea that we give you a Knas. Therefore, if you would be moted to it, you would not have to pay it. So let's dig in. Right. Papa's saying that a bull in a china shop is like a bull in a china shop. It's going to obviously 
You have to watch your ox. Your ox. It's not a suit. You can't assume that he's, even though he's been placid his whole life, you can't assume he's not going to gore. That's what a shore does. And therefore, it is the responsibility of the, of the owner of the shore to make sure that it does not do that. And therefore, that really, right? In principle, he should have to pay all of the damages. However, but the reason why the Torah says you only pay Chatzinazak for Karen is because uh, we feel bad on him and we take pity on him because after all, he really thought that this was a good shore. This is a reminiscent of uh, one of my colleagues in, uh, that I've worked with had a bulldog who happened to, his name was Tyson. He happened to have died being peaceful his whole life. But you know, I have these bulldog owners that they believe that they're peaceful and sometimes they are, but sometimes they're not. It's kind of bred for action, you know what I mean? So like you can, you can have no precedent for them to act violently, but should you really be surprised when they act violently? Therefore, Vidinu de Mishalem Kule, by rights, he should have to have paid all of it. Because after all, the, so to speak, the ox hasn't been warned yet, right? Obviously, you don't warn the ox. But the point is that there was no reason to think there was anything other than a placid shore, other than the fact that he's a shore, and that's what they do, and they gore, and therefore you kind of, the Torah says, you know what, it would be fair to split the difference here. And, but it's real damages, okay? And you have to pay that restitution. However, Rav Huna, Amar Palga Nizka Knasa, that, no, the Chatzin Nezek really is a Knas. Stam Shvarim Shimur Kaimi. Wow, he holds that, a placid shore, you can assume, isn't going to go or anything. After all, remember, Karen, by definition, has to be a little bit out of the ordinary. And for a Tom to gore is indeed out of the ordinary. So therefore, therefore, really, in principle, he should not have to pay anything. But the Torah says, you know what? You have an ox. That comes with responsibility. Okay, You get your first ox, and he seems placid, but don't Take your eye off the ox. You have to have some degree of responsibility, and therefore we put a knas so that you should watch your ox a little bit better. Leibowitz, the great Tafiyomi master, points out this sounds like a machlokus in what they call a machlokus in Mitzias, right? Like we're arguing about whether a placid shore is going to gore or not. He says, no, that can't be. Lamdanim never are never allowed to, Rabbi Safar would never go for this, Shlita, uh, Machlokas and Mitzias. They're not arguing whether a shore gores or not. What they're arguing is, let's say they all agree that it's a 20% chance that he would gore. Well, what's the threshold that would require you to watch over that shore? So the Machlokas is over the threshold, not over the incidents, right? The, uh, the uh, likelihood of the sh- goring. Okay, fine. Next piece here. The easy way to remember this one, David, would be Simon Hizik Ma Mei Klal. What's this mnemonic? It's four ways to prove whether whether Chatzinezik is Knas or Mamon. So let's see. Tnan. First is our mission in the first paragraph of Kama. Hanizik Vahamazik Betashlumin. The mission says an interesting phraseology. It says that whenever uh, you have Tashlumin, uh, with the gore in particular, right, this chatzin nezek that we're talking about, um, of Atam, so then both the nizak and the mazik are going to, right, the one who is damaged and the damager are going to participate somehow in this tashlumin. Well, the fact that they're both participating sounds like what? Let's see in the Gemara. Right? If it's mamon, so then really, then what? Then the whole thing is a payment, and betashlumin. However, somehow the fact that the mazik only has to pay a half, that's kind of like the nizak's contribution 
to that full payment, right? He's conceding him the only the, that he only has to pay him a half, right? So that sounds like when you t- say that they share the tashlumen, it doesn't make it, it makes it sound like there was a full tashlumen at play, and yet the nizak, he who got damaged, is forfeiting half of it. So that makes sense. Nizak makes it sound like right? That's how you could say that he was damaged is in fact participating in the tashlumen. Ella, and it's clearer even when you look from the other side. If you say that really you're not supposed to pay anything and there's no money on the table, it's just a knas to the mazik, well, if the fact is that the nizak now is taking that which isn't even rightfully his, so then how is he involved in any tashlumin? Right? So that's Lashon in the Mishnah is our first way of trying to prove that Palkaniska is Mamona. Because if you're saying that they're both sharing in the Tashlumin, well, if it's just a Knas on the Mazik, then the Nizak has nothing to do with sharing in this Tashlumin. Says the Gemara, not necessarily so. Lo Nitzucha ela lefchas nevela. That when we said that the Nizak ve Mazik be Tashlumin, um, our share in the Tashlumin, we had, it had nothing to do with Chatzin Nezak, and therefore that Mishnah and that phraseology in the Mishnah is no indication of what Chatzinezek is, whether Mamona or Knas. Rather, it has to do with a totally different halacha. What's the halacha as follows? Right? Uh, barrels, ox, gores, shmerel. Um, right? His tom ox does some goring. And so now, let's say an ox gores an ox, you have a big old ox. And he's on the ground and he's dead. So the payment isn't done on the spot, Andrew. You got to go to Besdin. Well, guess what? That fresh ox used to cost a thousand dollars. You could have sold it real fresh for your ceviche party that you hold on Friday nights at Arab Shabbos Tamea, right? But if you wait a little bit and you waited for for the beef jerky or the charcuterie board for the next week's Tamea, it's still expensive, but it's not the thousand dollar sandwich that you would have had last week. It's the $800 sandwich of the charcuterie board. So there's been some depreciation, Barry. Uh, By the time you get to court, there's depreciation. So it's understood that even though the mazik is going to pay, right, he's only going to pay based on the evaluation of the depreciated value at the time of the court hearing. Ah, well, in that sense, the nizak is absorbing some of the cost, right? The nizak is no longer getting full restitution for what he would have gotten at the moment of the goring. By waiting a little bit, the shore is devalued. That's what's called pchas nevela. And therefore, it is in that way that the nizak is participating in the tashlumin. So the mazak pays, but the nizak uh, loses a little bit. You can't, you can't always uh, give full restitution for everything that happens in life. Sometimes stuff happens, and that's something that the mazak, um, that the nizak absorbs. And that's what it means when it says anazak ve nizak tashlumim. And therefore it has nothing to do with chazi nezak. Okay. The Gemara, however, asks, pchas nevela? Really? The Mishnah is alluding to pchas nevela when it says nizak ve mazak Tanina. We already learned pchas nevela. We don't need the Mishnah to use that language to teach us, right, pchas nevela. So the Gemara says, when do we learn it? As follows. When the Mishnah says, tashlume nezak, this is in Babakama, daf beiz amud alef, when the Mishnah says, Tashlume Nezek, Melamit Shahabali, Metaplin Binavela. Just when it says, like, Tashlume Nezek, compensation for damage, right away you learn that 
the that the balim that he who is the nizak right the damaged party is going to be the one that has to deal with the nevela. That's already understood. So it's like the aleph bays of Bavakama, pas nevela. Okay. So therefore, fine. So since that's, since that's the aleph bays of Bavakama, we don't need to learn this pas nevela from the lushan of the Mishnah and Yudalid. So therefore, what are the Gemara saying? Why do we have to revisit that idea of pas nevela in the Mishnah and Yudalid? Says the Gemara, chada betam vechada bemuad. Yeah. Because you got to learn this both by tam and muad. And there's a chiddush on both sides as follows. You need both teachings. That Pachas applies both to Tam and Amur as follows. The Iyashmin and Tam, because if you learn just, we just did Bechatsi Nezek by Tam, because the animal had not yet been warned, so to speak. Of Amur, the Iyad, aim alow. But you might say, yeah, the Shor Muad, no amen, the, the damager is going to be Chayev even for the depreciation. I mean, that guy was like a bull in a China shop, or at, that bull was trouble from the start. Why should the Nizak have to absorb the depreciation? You might have thought that. However, Talmud Lomar, so to speak, that even in that case, right, the nizak is going to absorb the depreciation. And if you only learn muad, that would be because the owner there is paying not chazi nezik, but full nezik. So once you're paying full, you might say, well, you have to pay full, including the depreciation of Altam Emalo. Maybe you would have thought that in the depreciation case, you don't pay, right? In the Tom case, you don't pay the depreciation. So therefore, there's a chiddush on both sides, and that's what we learn on Daf Bezam and Aleph and on, on Yudalid in Babakama, that whether it's a short time or shormuad, it is the nizak, he who was damaged, that absorbs the loss of value from the depreci- depreciation of the animal, uh, the dead animal, right, between the incident and the uh, court case. Okay, and, and the verdict. Okay, so Tashma. So now let's go to the Mishnah on Test Vavin Bavakama. Are you enjoying your um, Tiul through Bavakama, Andrew? It's, it's a forspiced. Talk about Tawameha. This is a, this is an appetizer for for good things to come. Bezrat Hashem. Okay, so now so Chatzinazik proof number one aborted. Let's do proof number two. Ma'am bein tam lemuad shatam misham Chatzinazik megufo umuad misham Chatzinazik mi haaliyah. This looks like a this this one's going to do it. This looks amazing. What does this What does this teach you? Like this. I have my beat-up jalopy $100 shore, and it gores Andrew's fancy $10,000 shore, okay? So it's a famous idea. Hatam is shalom chatzinezek magufo. If my beat-up shore is a tom, he was on his last legs, then I have to pay $5,000, right? I have to pay chatzinezek. I killed Andrew's amazing shore. But my shore is only worth 100 my payment to Andrew is not only is it chatzinezek, but it cannot exceed the value of my shore that did the goring. That's called migufo. Well, that sounds like a knas if anything ever did, right? I mean, what does that have to do with the damages? I actually, right, what does that have to do with my shore and, and its value? So that's an important fundamental din with regards to chatzinezek of a short time. However, muad mishalm nezek shalom in aliyah. If, uh, if a, my shore was albeit a $100 shore, but that shore is a rascal. He's a muad. He's goring everything in sight. So even if it was a $100 shore and it gored your $10,000 shore, guess what? I'd have to sell one of the houses in order to pay the rest of the payment to Andrew because, after all, that's called minaliyah. For my best property, I'm going to make up. I will give you the 100 bucks that the shore is worth. Uh, that's the maximum from the shore. And then I'd have to go back to assets to pay you the rest of the Nezek Shalom, not just the 5,000, the full 10, because it's a, it's a Muad. 
Okay, so that sounds like that the chatzin ezek of etam is a knas. However, this, this is a fra- strange formulation of the kasha. The kasha here that the Gemara asks is, I would have thought migufa sounds like knas, but really it's just exeris akasav. And the muad, and all we know is that by a muad, it's definitely tashlumin, right? Because that's for sure true. Because our Mishnah mentions that, right? Don't forget, our Mishnah says that the, by the muad is misham al piatzmo. And it doesn't distinguish between Atam and Muad. So we're still not really sure. That's what Rashi is explaining, right? That this case says the Gemara. That's what the Gemara means. It says, Velokatani, our Mishnah, the Mishnah doesn't say that the difference. Shatam eno Misham Apiatzmo, Umur Misham Apiatzmo. Right? In other words, we never indicated such a difference. And the fact that we never indicated that difference, while you might have initially thought that the Chatzinezek is a Knas, the lack of detail in the Mishnah implies that we don't know. Right? And in fact, one would say, on the contrary, we know that the Muad is a Tashlumin. So therefore, when we don't say, again, our Mishnah just said, let's say, Michelle, that when it comes to, right, the, the, um, the shore, Mishalem al Piatzmo. Well, I don't know. That sound, if it doesn't distinguish that much, we know. If it's Mishalem al Piatzmo, it's certainly a payment. That's Mamon. So then if it doesn't distinguish between Tom and Muad, Maybe that should be an indication that Chatzinezek is in fact Mamon. So the Gemara says, no, ton of Ishir. Now that it would have been a difference between Tam and Muad, and we should have mentioned that, that Tam is in fact not Mishalem al Piatzmo because it's a Knas, but the Mishnah left it out. Oh, really? My Shir the High Shir. We have a principle. Usually when a Mishnah has a list and it leaves things out, it would never just leave one thing out. Because that would be weird. You just may as well mention that other thing. It would be like abbreviating the word June, the month of June, J-U-N. What are you really, what are you really gaining by changing in that E for an apostrophe? So he says, my, so usually when we have ton of a shear, it has at least two more things or one more thing that you're going to be leaving out. So says the Gemara, shear, so my shear die shear. What was the extra thing you left out? Shear chatzi kofer. Yeah, the idea of chatzi kofer. That's a separate rule that when a Tom kills a person, the owner doesn't even doesn't even pay the half kofar. That's, uh, again, that's a case of a Tom killing a person, not a shore. There's a concept of kofar, and that concept of kofar only applies to a muad. In a muad, he pays a full kofar, and in a Tom, he doesn't even pay the chatzik kofar. A separate idea that you learn above a comma. The point is that that's another thing that's left out between Tom and a muad, and therefore it's not an exhaustive list. Tosos, of course, is typically going to say, there's other things, okay. Be that as it may, says the Gemara, imishim chatzikofer, lav shiurahu. Now, the chatzikofer is really not omission. Why is we turn to Memalaf Ambez at the not so symbolic time of 615? Ha It's possible that the Mishnah is talking about Yosia Glili, the Amr Tam Misham chatzikofer. Well, this idea of whether Tam is Misham chatzikofer or doesn't Misham kofer at all, in a case where a shore kills a human being, that's a machlokas. So maybe their Mishnah is, in fact, like Rabbi Yossi Aglili, and therefore it's not really ton of a shear. So that's what we, that's where we're left off, not really knowing. In other words, we don't know who the author is, so we're not sure if it's ton of a shear, and therefore attempt of proof number two has been aborted again. So we still don't know whether Chatzinezek is Knas or Mama. Attempt number three. Tashma. Ha'emis shori is ploni, or ploni. Okay, a person says, my ox killed so-and-so, or so-and-so's ox. Okay, the person has to pay by his own admission. Okay, well, what is this talking about? So it says, my live batam, maybe we're talking here about a tam, 
Well, if it's talking about a tam, then that's chatzinezek. And if he has to pay, ooh, chatzinezek mamono. We got it. We made our proof. That's our Mishnah. Well, that was sort of what we alluded for, to before. We say that he's Mishalam al piatzmo. This is our very Mishnah in Ksubis that has to do everything with Bavakama. So your Mishalam al piatzmo sounds like our Mishnah could be talking about Tom. It doesn't say that it's not referring to Tom. It's categorical, Andrew. So if there's no difference, then it's all Mamon. So the Gemara, Lo, Bemuad. Our, our Mishnah was in fact only referring to a Muad. So the Gemara asks, Aval Mai. What would be the case then in the Tom? Ain't a Mishalam al piatzmo? It would be like a Knas and you're not Mishalam al piatzmo? That can't be at the Tani Sefer. Look at the Sefer of our Mishnah. Uh, or the Mishnah talking about, in the case, Avdo Shaploni, Eno Mishalm Apiatzmo, right? That if he, my shore in our Mishnah says my, that he killed the what? The Evid Kanani, he's not paying. So again, that case is, is what? Is, is that by a Tom? That sounds like it would be by, by a Tom. And so the, what are we talking about in our case? We have this split, and then we have another case of So we clearly are showing cases where So we should have mentioned that it's a Tom. And the fact that we didn't mention that it's a Tom makes it sound maybe it's Bemuad. So right? the mission is clearly differentiating and is teaching you that there's something about the first case that is and then the second case is So why would it be distinguishing? Bemuad. So the first halacha must be that it's b'muad. That in the first case, the only reason why you're paying is because it's a muad. And therefore, what's unique about the first case is that it's a muad and ain't a mishalom al that, that, that if it's a tam, he's not mishalom al but by muad he is. And in the second case, when it's an eved, so there, because it's restitution, clearly it's going to be mishalom piatzmo. That could be the inference in the Mishnah. However, the Gemara says, Kula kamari. Yeah, but the Mishnah could have said that it's all Muad, and all it's talking about is trying to illustrate the differences between the different right compensations in the case of Muad, and we really can't infer anything definitively from our Mishnah. And therefore, attempt number three has been aborted, guys. So our Mishnah does not really indicate one way or the other. So now the fourth and final, Tashma Zaklal. Okay, here we have a general rule. This is the last claw that we said at the end of our Mishnah. So now is where we're going to talk about the specifics of this language. When you pay more than what you damaged, then you don't pay by your own admission. Sounds like if you pay less, then you do have to be which would be right? You damaged, I damaged Andrew's $10,000 shore. I paid, and now... If my shore was a tom, I only pay half. So it sounds like I would have to be Mishalam al piatzmo because it's not more than $10,000, and therefore it sounds like it's mamon. So it's no. It means what we said in, the, in our introduction, that you have to pay al piatzmo based on your own admission only when you have to pay the exact amount, because that's, in fact, compensation. And that, you have to pay by your own admission. So what would be if I'm paying chatzinezek? That you won't have to pay? No, 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 no. Listen to me like this. This is what our Mishnah should have said. So now we're getting better insight as to what our Mishnah means. It means, Yeah, if you're not paying exactly what you damaged, so then that's not restitution, that's not compensation, that's knas. Whether it's more, in the case of like Dal or it's less, like in the case of Chatzinezek, those are, amounts are, in fact, a knas. And, and because they're a knas, 
we know a motor b'knas potter, and therefore you're not mishalem al pi atzmo ti yufta. Wow, that's a good point, and therefore we don't have an answer. So the Gemara says, In the end, we say the Palkaniska, that Chatzinezek is in fact a Knas. The Gemara is now shocked. We spent so much time, four different examples of proving whether Palkaniska, Knas, or Mamona. Every one of those four attempts was shot down. And as soon as we gave up, when we said Tiyufta, we came up with Allah. All of a sudden, we know what Allah is. Tiyufta, you got stumped, and now you're giving me what Allah is. So the Gemara, in, yes. Time am I, Itosav. Why was there a refutation? Because the Mishnah didn't say that you have to pay as much as, as it damaged, right? So, lo How, so the question is like this. However, that's the fly in the ointment, guys. There is a halacha called tsroros. Tsroros means the pebbles. You'll see in Babakama that those pebbles, there is a mesora, right? A, a mesora. Uh, that that's considered that you pay chatzinezek for that, and beyond that, there's a mesorah that that is chatzinezek mamon. So you might have said, "Oh, wait, we already have an, a, a classic case of chatzinezek tsaros, and we in fact say beferish that that's mamon. So therefore, maybe that's a proof that chatzinezek is mamon." So you say, "No, that we know that it's tradition that that is a special case, and therefore mishum hachik loketani, and that's why we couldn't stay categorically." Right, that Chatzinezek is Knas, because it, because there's an exception to that. The Tsroros is an exception. So that's the only reason why we couldn't say it. But other, other than that, it is in fact the case that it is a Knas. The Chatzinezek with, of the short time is in fact viewed as a Knas. If one were to admit to it, he would not have to pay the Chatzinezek. And that's how we pass in the Halacha. But Tsroros is a unique case, as we'll see, where it's a Chatzinezek of Tsroros is considered like Mammon. If one would admit to those, uh, he would have to pay that Chatzinezek. 11 lines up from the Mishnah, uh, the end of the parak. Now that you say Knas, uh, what about these weird cases? A dog eats a sheep. Shunu dachal tanegola. Ravre sounds a little chad gadi over here. A cat eats a large chicken. Mishunahu velomagbinim bebavel. It's an amazing thing Rashi says. In bavel, you're not allowed to get knas. Why? Dayane bavel she'ain smicha shambeskenim. Right? The zekenim of bavel did not have the the, the smicha to levy a knas. Oh, avalzuchi urchehu. But if it's a small one, so that is restitution. That's no longer karen, guys, which is unusual. It's shane. So it's amazing halacha. That if you don't have smicha, you can't paskin on the unusual cases of knas. You, know, you don't have the authority to levy a knas. But you certainly have the authority to levy restitution and compensation. Umagbinan. So therefore, that we do collect in Bavel. So what are you going to do? V'i tafas lo so what happens? So there's two ways to deal with this. In other words, the Babylonian judges want to be able to levy chatzinezek. So they have two patents, two tricks. Number one, first of all, you can seize it, and we're not going to take it away. But there's another trick. You say, you know what? I'm going to invite you to the best in Eretz Yisrael because they levy knas They'll set a date in Eretz Yisrael. Yeah, but the guy who's going to pay is going to say, what? I'm going to travel to Eretz Yisrael to court just so that I have to pay. No, so it's a, and if he doesn't do so, then we're going to put him in cherem. So we take the power of cherem that the Dayanim and Bavel have, and they leverage that to essentially force him to pay the chatzinezek, albeit not in Bavel, but go to Eretz Yisrael. <laughs> anyway, and and anyways, whether it's in Eretz Yisrael or not, 
you should not have a bad dog. Mid Rabbi Nasan, because we already learned the Salah of Rabbi Nasan, the Tanya, Rabbi Nasan, Homer, Minayin Shalai God, the Lom Kel of Rabbi Tok Beso. How do you know you shouldn't have a rabid, uh, vicious dog in your house? Velo Yamit Slum Rabbi Tok Beso, dangerous thing in your house. Shanamar, dumb, the Losasim Dam in Vivesacha. Don't have dangerous stuff in your house. Your house should always be filled with Shalom Vishalva, Hadron Alachain Lunaris. May we Zoka have Shalom Vishalva in all of our houses and to continue tomorrow with the fourth parak, Bezrat Hashem.